Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, But First Pivot. I'm Danny, registered dietitian, certified sports dietitian, and CEO of Pivot Nutrition Coaching. I'm here to share my all foods fit approach and real life client success stories to inspire you to pivot away from all the fad diet nonsense and confusion. My goal is to simplify nutrition so you can enjoy foods you love like donuts and pizza and still achieve your health, performance, and body composition goals. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. I'm so excited for today's episode because I have a friend of mine on the podcast, Brooke West, registered dietitian, holistic nutrition coach, badass girl boss. She helps people beat burnout, balance hormones, all the things. She's one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. We met through mentorship, which is pretty cool that we've been able to watch our businesses grow kind of at the same time. Did I leave anything out? Share a little bit more about you, where you are now, and all the awesome things you do with your clients and your business. Yes, thank you. I I think you covered the gist of it. Like I'm really big into a root cause holistic approach. Like my jam is nervous system, healing, burnout, hormones, and gut health. I'm also super passionate about women's health, which I know is perfect for this podcast. Um, I currently live in Costa Rica. I was just telling Danny before we hit record, like if you hear nature sounds, like that's just my life um, in the background. So I, I really, really love it. And um, this holistic way of living is something I'm extremely passionate about. Yes, I am so excited to dive into today's episode. It's going to be all about transitioning off of hormonal birth control. Brooke and I both have experienced over 10 years of taking the pill. So we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the power of the period. Just sounds really yes. cool when we say it that way. <laughs> and it's just funny, as I was driving to the studio, I was just thinking about how much we don't learn in school about menstrual cycles and our bodies. And all I was thinking the whole way here, I was like, why don't they teach menstrual cycles in school and like deep dive into hormones and ovulation instead of just like, here's how you put a condom on a banana. So I don't know. As I <laughs> dive more into women's health myself, now that I'm like in my 30s and a lot of people are reaching out that are not just hockey players, right? A lot of people are struggling with hormonal imbalance, gut health, fertility, things like that. And I think it's just becoming more of a thing, people struggling to get off birth control or to get pregnant. So we'll talk about that. The first thing I want to jump into is a post that you recently posted, maybe a few weeks ago or within the last few days. Um, and the first slide says, your period is your fifth vital sign. So can you elaborate on what this means and how important it is to have a regular period or cycle? Yes, I think that this is one of the most valuable markers we can track as women. This won't be a valid marker if we're on hormonal birth control, but if you're not and you currently have even a copper IUD or a natural cycle, this is going to give you so much feedback about what's going on with your hormones. And I broke it down in this post and I've actually written a blog about it as well, which we can make sure we link in the show notes. But I've really like narrowed it down to these five period archetypes. Like I gave them a vibe and what they're like and what's happening. And then from there, you can 
really accurately pinpoint what's going on with your hormones. So I don't know if you want me to dive into those. But yeah, those let's really let's do the the five. I read through them and I was laughing. Almost honestly, even though what you do is so serious, like it's really important work. I feel like you have such good humor behind it. I find myself like watching some of your reels over and over because I'm just dying laughing at how. You know, you just make it so relatable for people, especially when you start like bashing silly diets. Those are my favorite. <laughs> but yeah, let's dive into your period is the fifth vital sign and kind of um, the different ways that you explained it. Yeah, you have to have some humor when you talk about this stuff. A lot of the people and clients I work with, they're, they come to you, they're just like so drained and they've tried a million things. They're like, oh my God. And I'm like, we have to have some humor in this process or we're just all going to crumble. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of a good uh, moment of humor, which you'll definitely get from me, I'm sure, with this. Um, but first is the MIA period. Like, she ran out of the club drunk. She left a shoe behind. Like, it's just a sign that everything is a hot mess. And this shouldn't be happening, even if you're an athlete, even if you're, you know, this, you should have a cycle. So if you're losing your period or you're with outside of that range of a normal cycle, which is 28 to 32 days and it's irregular, that's something that you want to pay attention to. And then within your cycle length, you still want it to be consistent. So this type of period is usually associated with overtraining, under eating, some stress or like a really gnarly combo, right? Of all of the above. So I highly recommend hormone testing in these situations, especially if someone has been off of hormonal birth control for three months or longer. And the Dutch plus is my go-to for this, which I know you do as well, Danny. And like key, key point here. Yeah, definitely. That was me in college. I, one summer I got so lean and my period just disappeared. And obviously as a young, you know, like high performing athlete, I was excited about it. I was like, sweet, no more periods. I'm living my best life. I don't have to buy tampons at Costco anymore. <laughs> um, but now looking back and especially, you know, as we attempt to start a family, I was like, that was a problem. You know, like you think it's a good thing because nobody actually likes to get their period except the people that are trying to get their periods for health or fertility reasons. Yeah. And I think well, we weren't taught a lot about it. So we're just like, well, it's this nuisance that happens every month. And we're very disconnected from this process that actually really does hold a lot of power and gives us a lot of information. Something that I've seen with a couple clients is they're taking hormonal birth control and they skip the off week and they just take it constantly. But the problem is, is that you're, you're still building up that endometrial tissue like even on hormonal birth control. So if you're not allowing that withdrawal bleed, that also causes serious issues. Like there's stories of people having two pounds of endometrial tissue buildup and like pelvic pain and bloating because they haven't allowed their body to even go through that natural cycle. So like make sure you're having a period, people. Like key takeaway, right. birth control or not. Let's talk about a few of the other, the drunk girl in the bar with the shoe. What are some <laughs> other types of people? Yes. So we've got the heavy period. Like this is just really Debbie Downer. Like it's it's a lot. Um, and this is the period where you're going to see it comes from high estrogen levels or too much estrogen in proportion to our progesterone. We'll start to get a lot of clots or clumps. And sometimes the blood even looks really deep purple in color. So if you notice this is happening, this usually also comes with PMS symptoms like cramps, mood swings. And the really big focus is making sure you have healthy daily bowel movements at least once a day. One to three is healthy as long as they're not loose stools. 
and making sure you're eating a lot of fibrous foods, especially carciferous veggies. That's things like broccoli sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, um, Brussels sprouts. Those are going to help you detox that estrogen. Big thing is also loving the liver, which I know we'll get into some details about that later. But this is a really, really common one that we see with people who are constipated. And it's like, oh, we just need to support the detox pathway to get all the excess estrogen out. Yeah. And that's where gut health and hormone health are so interconnected. Usually when you see estrogen dominance, people aren't having regular bowel movements. And that's that's how we excrete excess estrogen. Exactly. Another really common one I see is the brown period. Think aloof, paranoid, obsessed with conspiracy theory rabbit hole she found on Reddit. Like this <laughs> is, I think this one's so funny because really it's from not having enough progesterone, which is actually a huge, huge cause for anxiety. So that's kind of where this like archetype came from. Uh, and this is really important for progesterone. Progesterone is important for fertility. So if we are seeing brown blood in the beginning or at the end, that's a sign that we're too low in progesterone. And common symptoms are anxiety, depression, mood swings, trouble focusing, difficulty sleeping, like all kinds of other things from low progesterone. And really the best way to holistically support this, if you're like, "Uh uh-oh, that's me, uh, eat enough. You've got to eat enough food. You have to eat enough healthy fats. Fat will be the that basis that we build progesterone from. So we need healthy fat and cholesterol actually to make progesterone. Definitely eating a lot of vitamin E rich foods, B6 rich foods, that's beef liver, chickpeas, seafood, poultry, lots of vitamin C. Vitamin C is just like always a winner. It's an antioxidant. It supports our adrenals, but think citrus, berries, zinc-rich foods are also seafood, beef liver, and really most animal products and meat. And then magnesium. Magnesium is like always another star of the show. Pumpkin seeds are a great source, beans and legumes. Yeah. I think the key thing that I need to say once again is eating enough. It's, mm-hmm. It is insane with both athletes and women especially that are struggling with adrenal burnout and they're just trying to lose weight and nothing's happening and they just feel awful. Their sleep is awful. Almost always eating enough is the answer. And I cannot preach this enough like on Facebook, on Instagram with my clients is so many people come in and they are struggling so much with so many things. And I'm like, yo, eating enough is the solution. And it's always step one. So if you're under eating and you don't feel good, the solution is to eat enough, but not just eat more. Eat enough of the right things like you just said. And mag and vitamin C are the MVPs in so many situations. Yeah. And it sounds so counterintuitive to be like, well, you're ha- you have weight loss resistance or you're gaining weight, but you're not eating enough. <laughs> but seriously, like that's usually what it is, especially with the women I see. Yeah, definitely. Eating enough. We can't say it enough. We cannot. And we're <laughs> going to keep saying it until we retire. Yes. The next archetype is the short and pink period. Little Miss Uptight, everyone in the office is avoiding her. This is and this is a sign that we've got not enough estrogen. This is not one that I see super, super common, but it's important to note that if you're seeing a pinkish color at the first few days, the first few last days, that this can be a lack of estrogen. And this actually makes your period shorter as well. And it's serious because it can cause osteoporosis, heart problems, and all kinds of things. You also see your hair falling out, low sex drive. So things I would tune into if if this is you, are you eating enough? Number one, like we mentioned, is it balanced with carbs, fat, and protein? You need all three macronutrients. 
What are your stress levels like? Do you have the adequate tools to support? Are you sleeping seven to nine hours a night? Is it actually restful sleep? Are you sleeping through the night? And do you have any gut health symptoms? Because gut dysbiosis can also be a big factor here. Yeah, I think that the listeners will be like, okay, this is me, you know, for people that have a period. But I do see, I think more commonly in you as well, just like either no period or next level heavy period. Two of the days I cannot leave my house. Yeah, those are like the four. They're like, uh oh. And really, what you're striving for, which is like the last archetype, is like, I call it the red queen period, <laughs> like radiating fertile self confidence. It's it's deep red in color, but you're not going to have a lot of clots or clumps. Length is four to seven days long. This is a sign that your hormones are balanced, and it's definitely a cause for celebration. You really shouldn't have a lot of PMS symptoms. Once I started my hormone healing journey, I don't really get cramps or like crazy PMS. So sometimes it kind of sneaks up on you. You're like, oh, if I'm not checking my calendar, tracking my cycle – it can kind of sneak up because I didn't have these big dramatic markers of wild cramps and bloating like I used to. Yeah, I agree. Same with myself. It was worse in the past. And then now it's just like the day the period comes, my low back hurts. Yep. Like I wake up, my low back hurts. I was like, oh, it's coming today. And that's about it. And it's so magical compared to like feeling like you cannot function for a few days. And it makes me really it really breaks my heart when people tell me about their just raging, aggressive periods where they're in so much pain and they feel like nobody understands them. But the the sad part is, is they think that that's how it has to be. And that's that's their normal. Right. They're like, yep, like I just have raging heavy periods and that's how it's going to be until I hit menopause. But our job is to remind people it doesn't have to be this way and it's not normal to have abnormal periods. Yeah. And it's pretty common. Like if you go to a doctor and you tell them, Hey, here's what's going on. Your lab tests come back quote unquote normal. And they're just like, this is just how it is. Like it doesn't need to be that way. And that's why we dig in deeper with things like the Dutch plus test. We were looking at the gut We're we're going a big step further beyond some of those more traditional measures to figure out how we can make you feel better. I love it. So important to talk about. Let's move on to our next question slash kind of topic. So Back to hormonal birth control, a.k.a. the pill. What happens when we get off the pill after taking it for so many years? Yeah, I'm going to start with the good things. So the good things that will happen is you'll have an increased libido and desire with those normal hormone cycles. You'll have more body autonomy and like just awareness and connection to yourself. And I think that's really empowering. We'll see an improved mood, clarity, and energy. Also, a big improvement in digestion now that birth control is not disrupting that gut microbiome. As far as like the bad, not so fun things, I will note that when you come off of birth control, it's almost like you're going to go through puberty again because your hormones have been super flatlined. And they're going to kick back to life into their normal ebb and flow patterns. And so it really, truly might feel like you're going through puberty. And if you are doing this and supporting your body, it you will make it through and you should be totally balanced within three to three months, six months tops. If you are not supporting yourself at all, it could be hormonal chaos for up to nine months and not feel great. So it does matter how you go through this process and prepare your body to go through this process. Yeah, so we definitely have to be proactive 
And if if we're on the pill now, but we're thinking of getting off for whatever reason, whether it's trying to get pregnant in the near future or just like, hey, like I'm done with this pill. I just want to get off. Plan ahead. We don't want to just get off the pill and go back to our not so great habits there. There are things that we can do to optimize how we feel and our hormone health when we get off of it. So let's kind of talk through what that looks like. What should we be doing as we prepare to get off hormonal birth control? So to come off hormonal birth control, the things that I would really focus on is essentially the same treatment of what they call post hormonal birth control syndrome. There's actually like a name for it. And really the main focus I would start doing before you even come off is replenishing your nutrients. The big ones are going to be folic acid, riboflavin, B6, B12, vitamin C, vitamin E, magnesium, selenium, and zinc. And you're probably like, it's a really long freaking list. Where do I find all these things? There's actually a supplement that I love called OC Companion. And it means like oral contraceptive companion. So that will replete all these nutrients. This is also a really good supplement. Like I don't want to demonize birth control. Everyone obviously has different decisions and lives to make and decide what they want to do. You can take this while you're on birth control to help make sure you're getting the nutrients that are being depleted. So that's a really big like number one step is focusing on the nutrition piece that you can control. And, and through the beyond- supplement, but also like eat the whole foods too. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like this is like your added boost. We always are anything we're talking about, like you're doing it on top of a well-rounded diet for sure. Just wanted to make Um, sure people don't think that we're just like, take this supplement and everything will be magical. Never. It's not, that's never the case. Um, so really the other foundations beyond repleting those nutrients are stress management and nervous system regulation. It's huge. If you're disrupting the HPA axis, like you're going to have a lot of hormonal issues. So getting that stress management toolbox full of things that you can do and making sure that you're incorporating nervous system regulation practices daily into your life is a must. And then I would also start with gut health support. I personally, I don't know about you, but like I don't recommend any supplements for gut health. Um, I don't want to recommend anything unless I've seen your stool test and I know what you need because there's very specific strains and different things and some might make some person worse and some people better. So it just depends. But really that's eating high fiber foods. It's making sure you have lots of whole foods and a lot of balance um, as far as your macros, so protein, fat, carbohydrates. Um, and then I would do a lot of detox support. That's not a fancy Kim KT or like some type of weird laxative lollipop that they promote. Um, really actually supporting the liver means eating liver supportive foods. So what I would recommend is some, so think bitter foods. They actually support the liver and they support HCL production. So digestion and elimination, which are key. So things like arugula, dill, dandelion greens, artichokes, kale, turmeric, ginger, citrus, peppermint, cacao, like yum. Okay. I can get behind that. Eggplant, green tea. Those are all things that are going to help the liver and the body naturally detox. So those are really big things you can start doing before you're even thinking about coming off of birth control. And then that will make the transition much easier. Definitely. And I think it's so important to address stress management in in just kind of a more obvious way because everybody's stressed out. I feel like stress is higher than ever. Like burnout is so high 
that it's accepted as the new normal. And I know that's something that I love about your page is that you just preach that burnout and the the grind, the hustle. It's not worth it because we're just digging ourselves a deeper hole. So can you share your thoughts on how much burnout is just normalized but not normal? It's so not normal. And once you step outside of that frame and you understand like the reality of the situation, it's like the whole world is crazy. And you're like, why do we do this to ourselves? Um, And really what I see the most, you know, nervous system regulation is one of the key foundations that I teach in my practice or in my programs. Like I don't even talk about food before I've talked about the nervous system and the connection to your body. So people just are in this go, go, go mindset. And they're just like nonstop it drives so much disconnection to your body. You're not checking in with yourself to actually be aware of the symptoms, which are your body communicating to you. You know, you're probably not connecting with your period enough to understand what those signs and symptoms mean. And you're not making space for yourself and prioritizing your health. And so this happens a lot that then clients after 10 years of doing this are like, I feel awful. And I'm like, I know, and we're going to have to overhaul your entire life so that you make space to prioritize your health. And that means we're going to take stuff off your plate. Like it really is almost this whole life makeover when we're talking about holistic health and holistic nutrition. Right. It's like, what are we going to do about it? Because again, we live in this like go, go, go fast paced society, people with kids, like the kids have a million activities, the parents work full time. They, they often have more than one job. They're working after kids go to bed. It's just like a nonstop grind. And I get it. I've been there. And it was exactly when I got off hormonal birth control that I felt all of the burnout because I started my business. I was working 14 hour days. I got off the pill at the same time. Terrible idea. <laughs> Terrible idea. I never felt worse. I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I'm a morning person. My husband's like, what's happening? Like, I could not get out of bed. I was yawning 50 times during a 30-minute workout, couldn't function. I couldn't all, I also couldn't fall asleep because my cortisol would go up at night, which was shown on my Dutch test. And I was like, something's got to give. And now I've never been more connected to my body with really just shutting her down so much earlier and just eating enough, like, had to reverse diet, didn't realize I was, you know, slightly under eating just from being so busy. And I think that's a problem that sometimes is unintentional. We're not eating enough just because we're so busy. But it's just crazy. Once you understand the menstrual cycle and the period and just so connected to your body, I knew exactly when my period was coming with very little symptoms. And it was just clockwork where it's like, wow, when you're really in tune and connected to your body, you know exactly what's going on when it's happening. And it is just so crazy. Again, back to like, I can't believe they don't teach this in school. They should. I've I've actually been talking to some professors like, what do you think we're missing from teaching our dietetic students? And I'm like, well, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, but and really, I think what's cool is, especially as like a parent, if you're listening to this, you can do it differently and you can teach your kids all these stuff so that they don't have that disconnection or that from their body or they've been ignoring it or they've been prioritizing just this one area. Like work is important. Career is important. Making a living is important. But it's one of the dimensions of health. You know, we've got our mental, our emotional, our spiritual, our social. Like there's so many other aspects of health. And that's what holistic means, right? Not just like a a hippie phrase. It's just this all-encompassing way of being. And so 
I do think it's cool. I think we're starting to see a shift of like people understanding just how important this is. Like we now know based on research, stress is a risk factor for like everything from cancer to like any disease state you can imagine autoimmune. So it's really important that we take stress and trauma seriously because those things that happen, that stress, it gets stored in the body, the body remembers, and eventually the tissues start to change. I'm a huge fan of a lot of the research that different people do like, um, Gaber Mate, we've got The Body Keeps Score, Grandmother's Hands is a really great book, not quite as sciencey as The Body Keeps Score if you're interested in those topics, but like definitely worth learning about and then sharing it with people that you know because we're probably not going to get it from our school system. Right. And with stress is also, I feel like sleep, like stress management and sleeping enough are two things that we know we should do, but for some reason it always goes on the back burner. Like work, work, work comes first and sleep is last and stress management is probably after sleep because we just can't even. It's interesting. This is another one that I usually have to reshuffle mindset with people because they think, oh, well, I need to work out because that's healthy and I need to make time for this, this and that. And I'm like, actually, if we're in this state of hormonal chaos and we're really stressed and we're really burnt out. I want you to prioritize seven to nine hours of sleep, not your workout. Like let your workout be like walking and talking with a friend on a lunch break, like whatever, you know, like there's just this different reshuffling that might have to happen temporarily when you're going through especially a hormonal healing process. Definitely. And I love that you said that because most people that know me know that I'm a huge promoter of strength training and working out and getting your steps in, but I had someone reach out in January and her sleep was awful and she was getting up at least five times a week early before work to work out and right away I took three of those workouts away. I was like, you are going to work out twice, not five or six times because I need you to get at least seven hours of sleep. And she thought it was the wildest thing and I was like, We need to sleep. This is just so foundational. And then eventually we can bring those workouts back in once you start to feel better. But it was like reduce the workouts and I needed her to eat enough. Yeah, I think that like it's one another one of those things that's not intuitive, but chronic stress disrupts our HPA axis, which produces our cortisol and our DHEA, our precursor to testosterone, our androgens. So if we have this like really crappy stress response because we're not sleeping and we're not taking care of ourselves, then it's going to turn into really big hormonal problems that can lead to all kinds of issues beyond like I'm having issues losing weight. Like we don't want to see hormonal issues compound and eventually become things like cancer. <laughs> like truly, that that's what will happen, especially when we have issues with our estrogen pathway. Yeah. And it's it's wild to how it's all interconnected. Sleep and stress slash cortisol and then estrogen and gut health. Everything is interconnected. And that's why the foundational habits of just like eating enough and and truly just nourishing your body. Like let's stop trying to lose weight for five seconds and let's just focus on, okay, I need to eat enough. And the number one goal is feeling good. We have to feel good before anything else. Like good energy, good sleep, good performance, sex drive, mood, all those things. We we have to feel good before we start focusing on building muscle or losing fat. Like we really just need to prioritize health and nourishment as a forefront. 
it's it's kind of fun and super nerdy when we talk into like everything is connected, which might stress people out. They're like, oh, no. Um, but again, step one, eat enough. There's like phases to it. And I think that's what I think is so valuable about actually going through a coaching process with someone one-on-one because there's phases of how we go through this to make you feel better and to make sure it's integrated. And it's it's a journey, right? Like it's not a sprint and there's going to be like a step one, step two. Okay. Here's where we're going next. And um, I think it's really beautiful when someone is like, I'm ready to do it differently. And I know that this is going to take time and I'm not here for a quick fix. That's music to my ears. Me too. You know, like And I mean, you can relate to this too, but like for me, I mean, I've been on this journey for like five years, right? Like it's just the spiral journey where I go deeper and deeper and I'm constantly upgrading my life. And that's what I want to put other people on the path of doing. So yeah, I'm going to be there for at least four months of it while we work together, maybe more if you want some more support. But then it's this continued like learning and just fine tuning to make sure that you're always feeling your absolute best. Like yeah, it's a lifestyle truly. Yeah, for sure. And I know that, you know, with everything we're talking about, like even like words like HPA access, people are like, what does this mean? And they might be Googling it. That's that's exactly why, like if you feel overwhelmed, like you don't have to go at it alone. And it's really just like one thing at a time um, when it comes to working with a provider that really has a root cause approach and really cares about your health and your happiness over selling a container of a supplement or whatnot. Um, but let's come back to the birth control. One of the one of the last things I want to talk about is how hormonal birth control use impacts fertility. This is a really interesting one that I would love to like have another conversation about in a couple of years. But currently, there's no evidence to say birth control directly causes any type of infertility. However, this is like a big however, birth control masks the symptoms of disease states. So that that actually cause infertility. So if we're masking these symptoms and we're masking these disease states, we're delaying someone actually correcting these hormonal imbalances, that could be an issue that could eventually cause infertility. That's our working theory. But we don't have any direct evidence to say birth control causes infertility. That's just kind of the big however that I think we're going to see more research around. And really, ideally, you want to start working. Like if you're thinking about conceiving or you want to get off of birth control, like one to two years really to work through this stuff before pregnancy if there's hormonal imbalances that have been hidden underneath the surface of birth control. Right. Because birth control kind of masks things. And again, like you mentioned earlier, when you're on hormonal birth control, especially as long as you and I have, you feel fine, right? It's just this very static like you feel normal and it's it's always constant and it's it's very gray like i feel like it's very neutral and mm-hmm. you're just like yeah i always i always feel like this and there's no ups there's no downs it's just a straight line and then you get off birth control and you're like whoa it's like almost like you're waking up from a dream and you feel different um yeah people will say they have heightened senses like it's pretty crazy yeah i think the weirdest thing when i got off of it is that after like two to three weeks, my hair, it was greasy. And even when I would wash it, it was still greasy. And that was like a really kind of red flag. I was like, okay, like now that I'm not on the pill, something's off. And when I did the Dutch test, I had no progesterone. It was like 0.6. And I was like, this is a problem. I will not be able to make a baby in the future if I have 0.6 progesterone. 
Well, the other big thing with the oiliness, and that's why people get acne when they come off, is because birth control decreases those circulating androgens, which lead to oil production. So then when we come off of it and we unclog those pores and it's just like we're not used to that oil production coming through our pores. So that's usually why people actually get acne. That's interesting that you noticed it in your hair. Yeah. And then probably six months ago, a friend of mine reached out and she goes, hey, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but my hair, like I wash it and it's still greasy. And that was like a year and a half after it happened to me. I was like, I don't want to scare you, but I bet you there is an imbalance in your hormones. And there was like there was some stuff going on there. Um, So it was just kind of cool how I experienced it and someone else did. And I was like, this isn't normal. Like it's not (laughs) this is because she's like, yeah, I even bought a different shampoo. Right. Your first thought is like, oh, it's my shampoo. It's my conditioner. But no, it's like it just kept happening no matter what she purchased. Um, And that's where the testing is so helpful. But we had a few people reach out with questions uh, knowing we were talking about birth control and periods. Um, so question number one, should I adjust my exercise routine based on the time of my cycle? This one, there's really not a lot of research to necessarily say for sure, but we know that in our cycles, there's going to be times where we have more energy and times when we have less. So on your period, if you notice you have less energy and leading up to your period, then maybe do more low intensity exercise, think like strength training, but, um, walking like lower intensity. And then people usually notice increased energy around ovulation. And that would be a great time to put things like higher intensity, like hit interval training, circuit training, things like that. And those are really based on your energy. So if you're like, you know what? I feel freaking fantastic. Like then go for it. And you're you're always going to be the expert on your body as far as like workouts and how you feel. Yeah, it's just listening to your body and not pushing through like if you're on your period and you feel terrible and you have low energy it's okay to give yourself some grace and being like you know what today I'm just gonna go for a walk outside it's okay yes we promote strength training but you don't have to do the same training at all times like it's okay to give yourself some grace take a rest day um, and just and just walk or stretch or go for a bike ride It, it doesn't have to be this cookie cutter situation for sure. The next question is, why am I so darn hungry before I get my period? And is it okay to eat more? Yes, eat more. We actually, if you think about all the cool things like the female body is doing at this time, we're actually burning more calories. There's actually some research that says 200 to 600 more calories, actually, when we start going through this process. So absolutely eat more. That's normal. What's interesting is certain cravings can mean certain things. So like the really common chocolate craving can actually mean that you need magnesium and calcium. So I I always think that's like an interesting one. Oddly enough, the human body is wild. Chocolate, if you're, you're having cacao and like dark chocolate, that's got that real chocolate, great source of magnesium. So you do you, boo-boo. Eat your food. I'm all for it. Yeah, I I know that. So we, like some of our clients do macros, some don't. And when they are tracking their macros, you know, when they have these numbers to hit, but then they're like, their period's coming up and they're like, I'm hungry. I'm like, eat more. It's okay. There's nothing to worry about to add 200 calories worth of carbs or an extra, you know, like couple servings of fruit or rice or potatoes. Again, I would never want someone to be hungry and be like, I can't eat anymore. Like, I've hit my numbers. It's like, no. Like, if you're physically hungry, 
I want you to eat. Like, do not go to bed hungry. The last question that someone asked was, and we we talked about the heavy periods, but how to cope or treat super heavy flow or cramping without going on hormonal birth control? Ooh, okay. I love this one. Um, So there can be a lot of different causes of like heavy and painful periods, but there can be like underlying disease states. So like I would keep that in mind if you like go to your normal doctor and check just to make sure you don't have endometriosis, fibroids, PCOS, anything like that. Um, But then I would focus on nutrient deficiencies. A lot of the times this is happening, we don't have enough magnesium. So I would check that and magnesium glycinate is my go-to. Get it from food, get it from pumpkin seeds, get it from chocolate, you know, like do all the things. Um, But then usually magnesium is just one of those things that always needs to be supplemented. So you can consider that. Um, And then really make sure you're cleaning up your diet. Like having an anti-inflammatory diet makes a really big difference. And the easiest way, like not to be, don't even get detailed and fancy. Easiest way is, are you cooking and eating real food? If you're doing that like 80% of the time, great. Anti-inflammatory diet for the win. Like just getting our fruits and veggies in and eating real foods. Um, And then make sure you're hydrated. Like we often overlook hydration, like, but aim for half of your body weight in ounces add lots more if you're training. This also can just be like two to three liters is like usually a rough estimate we give people in general. Um, And those would be like my really big ones. Yeah. Magnesium is magical. I feel like mag glycinate is one of my favorites, um, especially with people who struggle with cravings. But I'm pretty sure that the statistics show that we only get 50% of how much we need uh, through our diets. And I swear we give our clients a magnesium supplement and like it's a game changer and it, they're like do you think it's the magnesium I was like we'll never know but I'm just <laughs> glad you feel better and your cravings are gone and you know um but yeah love magnesium glycinate it is magical that's like one of the only supplements I take and supplements it's like that's like the icing on the cake right when you've got all these foundations but when you get the right ones and what you need because you've done testing and you know it's it can be a game changer Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to touch on before we have our final takeaway is, you know, you mentioned um, hydration and getting enough fluids. I know that you're a huge fan of mineral um, mocktails and coconut water. And I've I've said this on a few of my podcast episodes before this one, um, but you don't just have to drink water all day. And if anything, like we recommend that you do have some mineral rich fluid beverages Uh, Because I think a lot of people don't realize that they are depleted in electrolytes. And I used to think, you know, year one of my sports dietitian days, electrolytes are just for people who are sweating. And now that I'm in this more functional nutrition testing situations, like, wow, a lot of people feel so much better when they get enough minerals and electrolytes. Oh, yeah, it's it's really easy to do, too. And so like a solid recipe for making sure you get a mineral rich beverage is four ounces of fruit juice with that's going to have real vitamin C. So think orange juice, cherry juice, plus four ounces of a potassium rich beverage, which is coconut water or aloe. Aloe juice has a ton of potassium. And then you're adding a big pinch of salt and salt actually helps potassium absorb. 
So don't be scared to like salt your fruit and fruits and veggies. Throw a little bit of salt in a fruit smoothie you make, a protein smoothie. That's going to help you absorb the potassium. So really, to I got off track there a bit, four ounces of a fruit juice like OJ or cherry. You're going to have extra vitamin C, which we mentioned is super supportive for a lot of things. Four ounces of potassium rich, which is going to be coconut water or aloe, and then a big pinch of salt. And then boom, you've got yourself like a natural Gatorade. And I love to drink these before I work out or sometimes like during the workout, I'll sip them for funsies. Um, And then you're kind of also using that like little carbohydrate edge that is in the fruit juice. I love it in the afternoon. I feel like the afternoon, I'm thirsty. I feel like most people start to like get a little tired. I don't want water. It sounds boring. So that's <laughs> the time for the mineral cocktail. I do the jigsaw powder because I'm too lazy to buy all the things and mix them together. Um, but yeah, <laughs> hey, it's easy and it works. Right. Exactly. So we talked about a lot of things, periods, menstrual cycles, birth control, all the things. Brooke, what is your final takeaway. What's the one thing that you really want our listeners to remember? Because they might be overwhelmed and being like, wow, that was a lot. What's the one thing they should remember? I would start with building awareness about what's going on in your body. Just tuning into how you're feeling. Maybe start tracking your cycle. You can use an app. That would really be like step one is just tune in to what's happening for you. And then I'm even going to add a step two. Step two would be making sure you're eating enough and it's balanced because that's what's going to help us with blood sugar regulation and hormone production. Eating enough. It always comes back to eating enough. And I definitely agree. Take a step back and pause and ask yourself, how am I feeling If I'm not feeling good, like if right now you're thinking it's a struggle bus, I do not feel good. Okay, now we've created awareness. We do not feel good. What's the next step? What are you going to do about it? Because we can't just end there. We can't just be like, I don't feel good and I'm just going to keep grinding and not nourishing my body. Like, okay, you don't feel good. What's the next step? What are you going to do about it? And then bam, eat enough. That's true self-love, people. It's not buying yourself a massage. It's tuning into what you need and how you feel, honoring that and giving it to yourself. Self-care is not selfish, my friends. I've said it before. I'm going to keep saying it. Take care of yourself. I hope this was helpful. Thanks so much, Brooke, for sharing your knowledge. Yes, Love this, this was chat. so fun. I know Thank we'll you. have to do it more. There's so many things to talk about. Yes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the channel and share with one friend who would benefit from this message. Need help with your nutrition? Find me on Instagram at DannyVRD or visit our website, pivotnutritioncoaching.com. Thanks for listening.